you know i have this um recurring thought uh, it's more most like a, uh, this thing what do you call that um oh, by the way i shouldn't start podcast like that i've realized and i don't do it intentionally like oh guys look at this guy he's so meta like he just starts on a thought like no um by the way welcome to the podcast how's it going i hope you guys are well i hope uh, you guy and you gal or you thing of creation is um, you enjoying yourself and uh, doing good in your mind and good in your body good in your soul but let me get back to the point i was you know revisited by this idea that that, that, that you know it comes from this sense of everything is being archived nowadays right like your search history your consuming uh, your consumption patterns uh, everything's being tracked and of course we um give everything freely uh, sometimes not so freely but, but we give it freely then we're like ah, i didn't say okay took that privacy setting being violated facebook one of those uh, self righteous anger right after we because let's be honest none of us fucking bother to read through the terms um that facebook or apple or any of those uh, platforms or companies or products makes us agree with before we sign up so actually we don't know what the fuck's going on but then they bring it to our attention so clearly it's not a very big thing for them if they are bringing it to our notice or some really really anal guy who's got nothing else to do is probably has nothing to look forward to his wife's cheating on him and he's like i'm going to go to the through the details of the facebook uh, agreement and then he brings up saying do you, do you know that the photos you are putting on facebook is being shared to some shit <clears throat> or you have whistleblowers like whatever her name is um uh, Nancy Pelosi you know that's not Nancy Pelosi so something some some shit whatever uh, she's no longer news she's no longer relevant in my life uh, I can't really can't remember her name and and then suddenly everyone's up in arms going we never agreed to this but fuck off you really didn't care when you were signing when you were agreeing because if you really did care about how much of your information is being accessed and how much is being shared and distributed to other parties uh you really would have sat and read through that 300 page contract if you really cared but it's designed for you uh to be is designed to be overwhelming in language which is overwhelming i think that's that's the entire sort of fucking mystery of why um it's an entire ecosystem of lawyers right they create language that only they can understand and then you have to pay them for to interpret the stuff that they've created and most of it is junk it's probably an internal joke amongst lawyers like fucking in these morons <laughs> $500 an hour yeah it's stupid writing sometimes it's really unnecessary good because i mean, you know a great man a great person said good communication is simple communication clear communication but lawyers really fucking twist that up for everyone so fuck you lawyers uh, even though i might need one of you when i'm signing contracts uh, with big companies and i have needed you a couple of friends are very couple of dear friends are lawyers so not fuck not fuck them but fuck mainly most lawyers because you make complicated things right so my thing is there is stuff out there we have uh, whether we've with our consent or Uh, without our consent shared to the internet or to platforms that use the internet and you know it mainly comes from a point like there is stuff like i was just thinking about how i introduced this podcast i've, I've attempted um podcasting since 2012 i in fact did my fir- first podcast recording um it was called amusing musings or was that before there were two there was one called soapy thoughts which i did ah i think that was the first one which was with these guys who are called content aggregators or one of these production things called Qki based in Bombay and they said uh, we really have um, a great hope 
and we have uh, we see a lot of potential in you, Sandeep, as a comedian, as an entertainer, as a YouTuber, as a content creator. And for the life of them, uh, they couldn't really think of what I'm good at. Uh, they're like, do something, try try something, to have a conversation with yourself. And they shot a double angle. They said, how about doing mock ads? So I did one fucking thing. It's out there, dude. It's out there. It's on their channel. But we shut down the channel, fortunately. It's some crap that I've created. And I'm, I'm not like, whoa, I hope that ever comes out. But I'm just like, ugh. And mainly not out of embarrassment. It's just like shit. When you don't know what you want to put out and when others convince you that they think that this will be good, oh, it's a bad idea. Um, you know, and it's it's out there. It's out there in the ether. So the soapy thoughts, it was be like me. Someone said, dude, we think you have a good voice. You should do podcasts. And I'm like, hi. So, you know, guys, and a little bit of an accent acting like a fucking cunt. Um, it was horrible. And I was like, so, um, yeah, I, I was thinking, maybe I'm still a cunt now. Maybe I still sound like one now, but much less than what that sounded like. And it's like, yeah, so I was just thinking the other day, what's up with society? What's up with like women going? I'm like, oh God, when I listen to that. And then I thought, okay, fuck this. Um, five people are listening. I'm not going to stick to this shit. I'd rather do shows where eight people come. Then I said, oh, you know, I, I like going online and looking at nice equipment. So I ended up buying a mic. It, I, it, it's called the Blue Yeti. Uh, it's a nice looking microphone. Looked really professional. A condenser mic. I'm like, let me fucking buy a mic and start another podcast. That was called Amusing Musings. Uh, I would do that from the comfort of my desk in my apartment, which my wife and I were renting at that time. And again, I would turn up the bass and be like, hi, so, and then Sanjay, who's a fellow uh, comedian and a friend, he's like, dude, why do you take so much time to get to the point? Put on like five bullet points and talk about it right away. No one gives a fuck about what you're thinking. I'm like, why, what do you mean? Like, isn't that the point of a podcast? Like my thoughts and yeah, it was called Soapy Thoughts, Amusing Musings. Musing is a form of pondering, thinking, huh? huh? I, I didn't understand. Anyway, did a few more episodes of that comp- um, I did a few more of the amusing musings than soapy thoughts. Then again, I said, fuck it, fuck podcasting. Five from five, and 30 people are listening. I'm like, ah, where are the numbers? I need to go viral, bitch. I need to go viral. So I started doing some sketches. There's one sketch which Sanjay helped me make called the MBA Proposal. Oh, uh, that, I mean, that was a character I was doing on stage in stand-up. Like a guy called Sandeep. Hello, my name is Sandeep. You can call me third. I got three and a half years work experience from the CEO of a startup. Yeah. So this mocking this guy who I actually used to work with in a company called Aditi Technologies. And he used to, uh, yeah, to, to put it politely, bother the fuck out of me. So I did this character to vent frustration on the stand-up stage. But then I was like, someone's like, do it on YouTube. You'll get more views. You'll become more vital. Again, mm, it's out there. I'm not very proud of it. But what I'm trying to get to is, yeah, then you start putting stuff that you want to do. And it might not be the best. It might not be the most successful. It might not reach the most number of people as... Um, you know, there's examples of this uh, with analytics. But when you enjoy it and you're doing it for yourself, the embarrassment or the cringe factor is a lot lower. Yeah, you might look back, well, I might look back at this 30 years down the line, I'm like, what was he talking about? But I know what I'm doing this for. And that's the biggest difference. And I think I might have mentioned this briefly or elaborately on the previous episode about doing things for yourself. Because I've been asked to do voiceovers. See, the segues are getting smoother. Just note to self. Hey, beautiful. eh? Like the history one with Christopher. I hope you guys, by the way, enjoy that episode because I really enjoy talking to Christopher C. C. Christopher C. Doyle, the the historical fiction um, author. I really enjoyed that uh, conversation. And enjoy today's as well. Hey, it's coming up. Uh, But I believe, um, you know, 
that I've given my voice and I've done some ads. Okay, I'll tell you the ads I've done if you want to go check it out since, you know, yeah, I'm just being humble, modest. So I did um, two voiceovers recently. I don't know if they've, they've come out. One is for Scriptbox. It's at a mutual funds thing. <laughs> and I did another one for this thing called Sport It. And I just realized that everyone... Okay, and I did a couple of older ads for Mintra. Uh, they had this sale. Um, yeah, you can see that, that ad. Sanjay and I are in that. He's playing uh, laptop. I'm playing the PC. Uh, basically, of course, very original idea, which was not at all inspired by the Macintosh and PC. But anyhow. Uh, so the, And then, oh yeah, I have to tell you this. It's actually something I might even do on stage. Uh, because I, I thought about this seriously. I was supposed to do an ad uh, for Raymond's. Uh, Britannia and Raymond's, they both came in quite close uh, on each other's heels, the request. And the Raymond's ad was for a um, black collection suit, right? And they thought, hey, what's more black than blindness? Not my words, their words. And then they said, well, we, we would love you to audition for the ad. And then I was almost signed on to be the black ambassador for Raymond's black collection as a visually impaired guy. Then they realized, wait, wait, wait the, the, the semantics got into the lawyers, the fuckers came in with their language. No, 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 Raymond's. We will object to this because legal backlash might be experienced at a future date when someone realizes that you are marketing a black collection which is total blackness, but it's being modeled by a visually impaired person who is not fully blind, therefore not black. I mean, not my colors, always not. It was never in question. It was more the sight. So black being blind, visually impaired being who the fuck knows what color. So someone else got it. Some person, and I'm sure you've seen this, a blind guy wearing a black suit by Raymond's, I think. Someone told me it's in theaters. And apparently he doesn't do a very good job of wearing that suit. No offense to my blind brother from someone's mother. But this is what I mean. We're not a community. We're two individual blind people. He's blind. I'm visually impaired. He gets the Raymond ad because he's fully blind. I didn't get it because I'm not fully blind. But fuck me, I would look way better in that suit. Just saying because I've been told I look fucking sexy. Mm, but trust me, who wants to wear a fucking Raymond suit anyway? They would have paid me a little money. But Armani, if you want me to wear your suit, maybe not Armani. I want, I'd like to wear something like I can't pronounce. Like um. Canali or a Kenzo or a Versace or um, Paresh Lamba. I wear Paresh Lamba suits. He wears, he's a very good tailor and designer in Bangalore. I wear his suits. Anyhow, so fuck you, Raymonds, for going with that. Anyway, if you are coming up with a grey collection, like borderline grey, brown, kind of blackish, uh, let me know because I'm um, totally out to hold myself out there. Uh, fuck that. Cringeworthy later. <laughs> so that was the Raymonds ad which I was in. Mintra, yeah, it's okay. Not too cringeworthy, but I'm sure I'll look back at it. But anyway, but one thing I'm glad of is I haven't done too many of those. Maybe five, that's the three Mintra pieces, the Raymonds, which never happened. Uh, I mean, yeah, Raymonds Britannia never happened. Uh, and this one, the the two voiceovers. Did I give my voice to anything else? Maybe some things at Indigo when I worked there as a radio host. No, I don't think. I've given a couple of screen, whatever it's called, screen tests for, um, I forget which product it was. I think it might have even been Compline. Oh, fuck. I think it might have been Compline, but it's not out there. I Oh, I did one ad for Amazon. It was, uh, I think, 2015 or 16, Diwali. I did one for their Great Festival, whatever shit they call Great Indian, because that's apparently what makes uh, India great. Uh, uh, just doing stupid things. And I got really cheesed off because this ad, I it never got, at least the part I was shot in, never got screened. But it was me with this lady who was playing my wife, going and giving gifts and uh, seeing the joy of giving gifts to children in underprivileged parts of Delhi. 
poor parts let's fucking why why be wishy washy with the language right and the worst part i found about that is this production house who shot it they gave all these boxes the kids were like opening it looking really happy and then i was like giving away these boxes i was like fucking blind santa right uh, i i was playing the blind um not playing the blind card but the, they wanted my blindness to be a feature like the visually impaired aspect to be a feature in the ad because they look at this guy he can't see but he's make, bringing joy to people's faces to kids faces and they wanted me to be in a good light they wanted the kids to be happy so they did all that the sparklers and the fucking things were happening and then the first part they took back the fucking boxes from these kids and I was like you bitch fuckers just give them something they're like no we paid the parents some money as a token of appreciation I'm like give the fucking gifts the joy is where it they get to rip it open and enjoy it, whatever it may be. Maybe a stupid fucking Amazon Basics t-shirt, but give it to them, man. Don't take back a box because the worst thing you can do to a kid is, I mean, a kid, first of all, who doesn't have much in life and not much to look forward to, uh, is to fucking first bring them onto this set of an ad and then do make them do stupid things and then give them a gift and then take it back. Anyway, I'm, I'm not proud that I did that ad, but I'm so glad it didn't come out that part because fuck Amazon. Um, anyway, shipment should be coming in anytime soon. Hey, cash on delivery. So, my point is, cringeworthy stuff is done. But if you're doing it because you want to do it, it's okay. It makes the cringe factor less, is what I cap it off with. So, I don't do voiceovers. But if you have, if you do come across, come across some of the work, and if you've uh, come across the stuff I've spoken about, the gray, the black ad, let me know what you think. <laughs> hey. Um, because I personally think I would have done a fucking great job, Raymond's. What's it called? Raymond's the complete man. Nah, I'm not the complete man. I'm an imperfect man. That's that'll be a better ad for Raymond's. I remember. Remember? Do you guys remember when Bond was seen with uh, Reed and Taylor? What? And it's. I, I thought Reed and Taylor is a great. It's a fuck all bloody brand. So that is what I've heard. But anyhow, uh, yeah. I've uh, more. I've fucking have no clue what I'm doing with this. Anyhow, way 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 sport it. I think that's out. There are three voiceovers I did for that. Anyway, what are you going to do, man? Someone says, hey, would you like to do a voiceover? And they're like, I'm like, no, what's the money? Like, And it's not that much money, voiceovers, trust me. And a friend's like, who the fuck are you to charge money? You No one knows who your name is. And like, Amitabh Bachchan. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Amitabh Bachchan is Amitabh Bachchan. But I can charge how much I think I deserve. Because it's, you know what? If, if they're not going to pay me, I'm not going to do it. Who the fuck are you coming in here telling me how much I think I should be charging? Eh? Eh? Anyway, so too much of that noise. I think that's another point. I'm observing, which is recurring. Too much noise. So I think sometimes it's just best to be quiet for some time. Lay low, uh, you know, rub one out, enjoy um, your habits, whatever it may be, your your vices, if you, if you like, you know, doing whatever, jerking off or, I don't know, man, whatever floats your boat. If you like spending time with your pets, if you like eating, cooking, ironing, whatever, but just do it. Don't have to contribute to this noise. The, the ether is full. Ether is loud. So take it easy. Have... Um, a cup of tea, sit back, relax, maybe a beer whenever you're listening to this. In the afternoon, it's okay with an afternoon beer. Because um, the reason I'm saying all these things is because there's a good conversation coming up with a man who's a friend and a comedian. We go back quite a few years. He started his stand-up career a couple of years after me. Career after me. Um, we were close, you know, in the early 2010s. And then, of course, life happened and we got caught up. I got caught up with my own thing. He got caught up with his own thing. And, of course, then he exploded as a very, not literally, uh, he lost weight, in fact. I don't know whatever Kunal did, but he became quite a big name on the comedy circuit. A lot of uh, polarizing Eh, I don't know if it's opinions, but he said he spoke a lot. He spoke a lot about stuff which polarized people, whether it's pro or anti. 
BJP, whatever. He did a lot, lot of things, came into the limelight, got a lot of focus. He's got a lot of followers and a lot of fans, and that's why he's on this podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. But anyway, so sit back, relax, because um, it's a fun chat about, um, you know, our, our friendship going back, the stuff we experienced as uh, comedians in um, the early days of Indian stand-up comedy, uh, some of the stand-up gigs that we did, some of the horrific rooms that we performed at, uh, some 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 fun things that we shared, uh, some of the things that drive him, drive his stand-up, where he was, what he became, what influenced him, the journey of what, you know, influenced some of the things he ended up doing, some of the decisions he took, to where he is today and what he has planned for today, the work he's putting out in the near future, and all of that kind of fun stuff. So I'm sure you'll enjoy the conversation, and I'm sure you've heard of the man. Mr. Kunal Kamra, that's who is on today's episode. Enjoy it. Do share it with a friend. Do share it with anyone. And if you're a fan of Kunal Kamra, fucking share it around, man. Share it around. Because, uh, yeah, this needs to be out there. And um, don't look back in anger. Don't look forward in hope. Just look at it right now. And let's not contribute. Uh, fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? Let's not contribute to the noise. Uh, is what I want to say. Let's not contribute to the noise. And for a change, sit back. Stay quiet. And listen. See you on the other side. Mr. Kunal Kamra, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, Sandeep. How are you? Long time. No it sleep. actually has been a while. You know, last we spoke was on uh, Clubhouse when it was a hot new thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's right now, it's just become really fucked up. <laughs> I think when they open it to Android, no? <laughs> no, man, you know, all honesty. It was, uh, you know, a friend sent it to me. He said, dude, you really sort of gel with this platform yeah. that you can talk and you can share your opinions. It's like a podcast, but it's a room where people actually listen to you. I'm like, thanks, man. Basically implying no one listens to my podcast. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, that fact, I don't know, because since then I've been uh, invited to join two new platforms. One's called Wisdom, wow. where you can monetize your gyan, uh, as, they call, yeah. as the name might suggest. You talk and people join you and the more time they keep you on the platform, the more they pay you some points. And then yeah. some other one called Fireside. But I don't know. What, what, do you, what have you been up to past a year since we spoke? I'm just avoiding these platforms, actually. Mostly because... But how do you? Because you, uh, you're, you're quite... Um, what's the word? Popular. <laughs> and people want to hear your opinions, right? In times of uh, whatever it may be, whether it's uh, a new political reform or... Anyway, I want to get to that later. But how, what, what have you been doing to stay sane? So I uh, finally last year decided that I have to take a very important decision, whether okay. I'm a full-time comedian or not. Right. So then I was like, okay, if I'm a full-time comedian, then every full-time comedian, however good or bad they are, they have a comedy special. So I must yeah. write a comedy special. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote a comedy special whole of uh, last year in the lockdown. Uh-huh. And then I started workshopping it. I went and I did about 100, 110 shows of that special. And oh, then excellent. I, okay. In yeah. 2021. Okay. In actually uh, just two months, to be very honest. That's a lot of two shows. Two and a half man. months. Yeah. Crazy, because man. I just filled 20 people in a small room. Like uh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't think you have an issue filling up numbers, but how do you do 110 shows in 110 days? That means that's almost, a, that, that's the maths, right? Not really. Uh, oh. I do, what I do is I, I do, I start with a Thursday. So huh. I do Thursday, six o'clock. That sells out. Right. Then I put eight o'clock. 
then i put friday 6 o'clock then i put 8 o'clock then ah, i put so yeah so then i put i release the link for one one show at a time so that people get it uh, the tickets and then finally sorry these like were 10, in person or online in person in person in oh person. you did them okay okay cool so you yeah, didn't do so those virtual rooms where you like, <laughs> oh god they were disasters dude <laughs> <laughs> oh so i hear some I, people about their setup they're like yeah what i did was i bought a canon camera it tracks my movement i put a Jesus. i put a mock stage at home i've green screened it i'm like why the fuck would you do that when you're not getting any feedback dude like and i let four people in the front row i'm like what front row they're like the virtual front row <laughs> it just sounds disastrous that sounds um, disastrous so where did you do these in bombay so i i did it at uh, that comedy club then i went to chandigarh that's Chandigar. a local dude yeah that is still open okay good good to know then bombay okay. it is still open so i did yeah. that comedy club the acoustics are uh, good and 25 seats per show so i did like a run of 32 shows there in 10 days nice uh, then i did uh, the same thing in pune around the same in the same time then i did kolkata i did 12 shows in kolkata then i did 12 in chandigarh then mm. i did about uh, 25 in delhi so totally right. then finally i went back to pune then i recorded the special there now we are in the middle of editing it so oh you rec- oh you you've recorded the special okay and wh- where did you uh, you do, did you do like an auditorium or again a small, no, no. Sm- a small room Yeah I did I did a small room because I have played auditoriums only with comedy bits I have mm. never played auditorium with a special which has a theme or something of that yeah. sort So I was I was like I don't want to risk recording in a bigger room and also I think it's comedy yeah? I mean in 20 people the joke is funny in 200 people it's funnier like it doesn't matter You know, and it's interesting that you mentioned that, right? Because typically, if, if if I had made a statement like that, it would probably come from a point that, oh, you can't fill up a bigger room. That's why you're bitching it out and saying a smaller room is better. But you, you've done the biggest rooms that India has to offer. I think you've done even pretty much uh, auditoriums abroad as well, and you've sold out. And I think that's an interesting feel, right? Because when I recorded "Thank You, I'm Sorry," it was the first time I'm actually scripting a special. In the sense, the the closest I've got to scripting a show, right? Where I know what's coming next, as opposed to just going on a tangent, you know, riffing, having a ball, whatever. And I genuinely didn't feel comfortable. Like I had a I had a good show, but um, you know, maybe if I'd done it like as you said, a hundred runs before, maybe it would have been good. But the feel I get from a smaller room, and of course, this comes from a place of just enjoying the vibe. Um, I feel like when you're doing a thousand seater, the few shows I have done in, in a group show. when i'm doing like in in those multi format shows like when it's like you know you uh, have five comedians each doing 15 minutes it's it's so much easier to just bring out your best banging bits and then you you're just sort of like you're you're, you're riding on a really high note and every comedian is bringing out their best so it's just this high 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 and people are laughing like waves and i think that energy i don't know is it hard to sustain in a one hour short i mean have you done a special for a big crowd see i've done my live show like i i called it uh, fresh thoughts then i called it fresher thoughts but it was never a special right it, it was just like watching kunal kamra live and that is no was there a coherent the, sort of flow to it or was it just your 15 bits put into into some sort of flow not at all they were just like 8 to 10 bits uh-huh. and uh, there was just i would move from one bit to another with a segue that you wouldn't uh, yeah. kind of be able to spot But yeah, that's called that, a special nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> What the fuck is that? No, no. Yeah, more than thirty minutes. It's a fucking no, special. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, see, I it it's not about what would be accepted actually as a special. It's about what I would like to put out as a special. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Any crap can be accepted as anything in this yeah. country, and that's. I don't we think in, in this that. country, dude, because I've noticed, like you know, I, I, we can go down that conversation again, like the way. Um, 
now, especially with the bigger platforms in India being Netflix mm-hmm. and Amazon, I think across the, across the globe, that's the thing, right? With comedians uh, being picked up. And I think that was the beauty. Like, I'm not dissing anyone special, but it's really not a special. And uh, I, as you said, it's when, when a comedian puts out an hour, um, my understanding was that there is a bit of thought behind it, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be theme-based, but there's a reason... Um, those collection of ideas came together under this name or under this construct of a special because it starts somewhere, it goes somewhere, it also reflects where you are in life, where um, your position on on, on topics or your position. Like, you know, it's strange, like when Louis C.K. talks about his kids, it's just because he talks about the same kids in five different specials doesn't mean it's not a special, right? But it's his uh, perspective on his kids growing up or on his marriage or whatever it may be. And I find that not there anymore in many specials. Yeah, I mean, uh, the easier way out is... Because, see, I think most people who are asked to deliver a special... Yeah. uh, Like, this is my... Probably, like, this is the starting of my 10th year in comedy. Yeah, we started, um, yeah, you started yeah, you a little were, after, yeah. Yeah, a little after. I think you were in 2009. Yeah, I started in 2009. Yeah, and I was around 12, 13. I think, yeah, 11, 12, that's when we met and we were yeah. doing the... Yeah, no, that's when uh, Comedy Store closed and Sanjeev was running the Blue Frog Room, remember? That's when <laughs> yeah. you and I met the first time. <laughs> and yes. uh, never stopped. <laughs> we had a great time because uh, the funniest thing was uh, you asking a lady in the front row, so ma'am, what do you do? And she was like uh, telling you what you do, what she does. And she didn't. And at that time, you should not address that you can't see the person. Yeah. And you had a vision. Uh, you I was were, too, you I was too cool, man. I was, I was yeah, worried that cool. veneer of too cool will drop like the moment yeah. I, I swear uh, tight jeans and like you know DC yeah. comic t-shirts <laughs> like yeah, I look yeah, back I mean, going oh my god I cringe <laughs> yeah and uh, we had a we had a great time uh, because we of course knew about your uh, special ability of not being able to see the crowd and we, was, we knew that this guy does not know who he's talking to yeah, like he yeah. can see just like eight feet around him. I have to ring a bell to tell him that his time is up or clap in a certain way. <laughs> you know, there's a serious problem that he's not addressing, which is uh, which was fun to watch you at, the, at, at with that just going through the entire show and doing crowd work and just you know you know it was it, terrifying. It added up, it, man, because you know it was tre- it was kind of like such treacherous uh, territory, right? Because as you said, you know, I, you knew some people knew in the in the green room Correct. or the production side. Correct. But I I didn't want to tell and someone would laugh when I would like, hey, so what's your name, ma'am? And there would be a guy and they thought I was intentionally doing it. I was like, and I would inside go, oh, fuck. And it would just, I was not comfortable at all on stage because I mean, it I maybe the outward experience was more like this guy's navigating it well, but I was terrified of that and not of bombing, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, during that time, uh, from the time, I saw you a time where you should not address this and a uh, time that you started addressing it. Uh, yeah. And I think the best joke was that ne- if you have this problem, don't ever fight with your girlfriend in the car. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because if she gets out of the car and leaves, who the fuck is going to drive? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was the first joke I saw of you addressing it. And then there was a patch I saw you not addressing it. I think when you addressed it, you were far more comfortable on stage. Your mm. energy was far more relaxed. When you did not address it, uh, you were bubbling with energy, force and a lot of things yeah. that you had to do, you thought to compensate for this. It was that manic energy, you know, when you're trying to avoid something. Correct. Uh, you sense that in people, right? When they're insecure and they don't want to talk about their insecurity. 
yeah. uh, it happens. So you're jumping. You're like you're not giving place to breathe. And I used to do that a lot. Like my, I didn't give place for myself to enjoy my jokes or to deliver my jokes. And because I was like, oh shit! Now I come on stage. I pick up the mic. The wires tangled in the mic stand. Like how do how do I address it to people? I'm like some joke. Oh, this is like the first night when I was trying to unhook a bra, and I was like, oh fuck! In my head, going, how do I get this damn wire out? And then I remember once Atul came and took out the wire because he was in the audience. This is before he started doing stand up. He had come with his wife. So it was you're you're right, and and I and you were. Someone I was actually the mm. I was actually the guy who told you that I don't know why you have to do this because I can just keep the mic stand at the side and give you the mic in your hand and we had a white tape to on the mic so that you knew that this was the Yeah mic but that was stand. not you know that was a weird thing when comedy uh, comedy started out at the store right comedy store it was very right. strict like you have to audition yeah. you can't, can't yeah. move the stand because yeah, you know they yeah. they have these rules that and it was almost like you have to go to it was not comedy school but it was strict man you don't fuck around because when i started the british comedians were there right and they were like you put the mic back on the stand back in the center and then you know charlotte would get upset if you didn't put the mic properly back on the stand then you wouldn't get called back for your next 10 minutes slot i'm like oh god in but addition you, to all the but you can see 5% of what this motherfucker can see so how can you put the mic stand back where it is yeah. supposed to be man it's Dude, so you know unfair the weirdest thing that. this happened um i got a spot when i was visiting sanjay in la Yeah. Uh, and this guy Butch Bradley got me a spot at this oh, nice. massively famous room called the Comedy and Magic Room. Yeah, yeah. Um, really popular room, really big. And I got in on a Tuesday evening. It was right. I think a three hundred seater sold out, right? Nice. And the American comedy clubs aren't like the comedy store in the sense. I right. mean, it's not like the comedy store even there. This had like dining things, like a Blue Frog, so people were eating and they could laugh and whatever. Yeah, and you guy, hear sounds of cutlery and oh yeah, definitely. So what's going on? definitely but they were laughing they were there for the comedy yeah, it's not like you're at a side show but this yeah. guy called me up for a 5 minute spot and i said can you give me the mic in my hand and he didn't move the mic stand to the side so i'm performing the whole time and i have a vague idea that there's something in front of me but i'm scared to like move my arm because i'm going to knock the mic onto the first table so the whole performance that was in my back of my mind and as you mentioned dude you're not comfortable when when you're not in um you know this frame of mind where you know you can take five steps and if you fall people understand why you're kind of I, like treading on glass you know and it's not know, at all fun to perform i know man but uh, as a comedian you know when we started out and we saw what you were doing what sanjay was doing and what everybody was doing and we were the ones hosting and going before you and then calling you on and then figuring it, uh, you know our whole uh, purpose of being there was that how can we set the stage in such a way that the guy coming after me has no issues yeah like and i remember asking people also when they used to call me to open for them i said can i do something better can i do something else can i say something else can i do some can i do a bit which will get you onto a warmer audience or can i do yeah. do you have a bit on elephants should i have a bit on elephants should i discard my bit because you were yeah. going to do one so there so used to be this sort of camaraderie there was that sense for the show to become a success right i think that's right 100% and i i remember that very clearly like as a host you wouldn't go fuck around and say and i think that's become a little bit more selfish now where people are like you're not know fuck the act coming after me i'm going to crush so hard or i'm going to prove that i'm going to do my uh, material which is either inflammatory whatever it is but for the sake of trying something new and you see this arrogance right like oh i'm going to drop like 10 minutes of new stuff and then you bring the comedian to a dead room of course if it if you're a good comedian worth your salt you'd probably get the room in a minute or two but your job as a host or, or as an opening act is to man make sure people are in a lighter mood and and i and i've seen this from biswa open for me and he had no yeah. need to right he was like dude i'm not going to do fucking bits i'm going to do one bit 
But yeah. the rest of it is just to warm them up, so they bring you onto a huge cheer because you're recording this damn thing. You put money yeah. behind it, and that, that that's the sign of someone who cares about the art, man. It's not like someone who cares about their own ego going, I crushed and fucked the other artist, you know. Hundred percent, and you know, uh, firstly, I I've done this ex- entire one hundred and twenty whatever shows without an opening act. Mm. I go on to a crowd I, uh, without an opening act. And but I you do don't need an opening act in that way because they they really want you. And okay, I want to actually ask you: Do you think when when someone like you, and of course you can, you are popular, and I think you are quite renowned across the globe. And I mean, there are reaction videos of Kunal Kamra clips. <laughs> I saw two and other. He's like this guy Kunal Kamra, like he's really like inflammatory, and we all like. And I think those reaction videos are the stupidest thing because they're two people yeah. watching your video, and I'm watching them watching your video. I'm like, what's yeah. the fucking point of this? Yeah. But uh, you go on to the stage, right? And sorry for interrupting, yeah. but I think it's important no, just for me to understand. When you when you go on, right? I mean, uh, you you already the people have come there for you. They know what kind of material you talk about. Uh, but it's going to be along those lines and new material. Uh, do you feel an opening act eases it up, or do you feel that the audience are like, "Fucking get on with it"? I want Kunal. See, there are two reasons to have an opening act. Uh, mm. One is. Uh, comedians not being okay with the fact that people come in during the show okay so they, like a delaying really tactic hmm. yeah so so if the show is supposed to start at 6 the opening act will go by 65 by 615 hopefully everybody is seated hmm that's one reason of happening having an opening act and i feel that is really like who the fuck are you i mean people are working they'll be a 10 minutes late just be fucking okay with it okay hmm like you're the one who can be here by 6 o'clock because you don't have a day job correct correct so And then yeah, the jo- the joke that oh yeah, sorry, can I get you anything? A glass of water, a watch. I'm like, yeah. I find that I I've heard, but at least ten fifteen comedians do that thing. I'm like, dude, they've come, just shut the fuck up. Fuck up. Yeah, exactly. And they are not getting the best seats in the house. And you are the guy with the mic. Instead of ignoring people, navigate through that. You can just help them. Be like, yeah, hey, get that seat. Okay, two of you. Yeah, mm. shift here. Yeah, two of yeah. you can sit there. Yes, three of you I, all just sit there. Yeah. I, that, that's actually that. nice you do that because I think sometimes you make the crowd, you get angry. Like, how can you ruin my... Th- I mean, I know some people are obnoxious. They talk and they're loud. That needs to be addressed. But if someone's quietly coming, going, dude, you know what? I really didn't get parking or I had to drop my kid because I had to make it for the show. You just be understanding, right? Dude, I, uh, I on the contrary, in the current special, I tell them to switch on their phones. because hmm. it is so hypocritical for me to be like now you forget your phone i, I don't even think a person is a person anymore they are just their phone number correct so <laughs> uh, and their phone is the reason they know me the phone yeah. is they book the ticket through it they get that one time otp they use google maps to come here yeah. and now all of a sudden i'm not some fucking lord falkland that they're going to forget that they have a phone not that but do you feel that i mean there's a lot of these american comedians now have these uh, lockers where they ask the audience to leave the phones in before coming right uh, have you heard of this i have heard of this but mm-hmm. they i uh, suffer a different problem which is uh, the material that they are doing they wanted to be a total surprise for the audience or they yeah i mean don't you that. face that issue as your, yourself because your stuff is pretty sought after so do you uh, so, and mainly i think this is the, sec- the the point that i'm coming to is do you feel if someone comes there to with the wrong intention to record it take it out of context because that I'm pretty sure people have done that to your work and to m- many comedians works right that they take just a snippet and the kind of stuff you talk about in our country in present times has a big population that wants to you know sensationalize you out of context right i totally get that but that is my problem to deal with 
because of that fraction of 1% of something yeah. happening i cannot inconvenience 80 90% of the people by asking them to keep their phone out if someone not passes out, away on silent isn't i think that's just basic like you you'd keep it silent during a yoga class or you'd keep see, it silent I, during a I, I i i i mean of course that's appreciated but there's it's not like if i tell them that it's not like your phone rings i'm going to throw you out i'm not a classical musician yeah. classical musicians do that because the ringtone may be better than whatever the fuck they're playing <laughs> <laughs> or maybe or maybe a copy maybe a ringtone version of of your tanpura and sounds tanpura, better yeah, that sounds better so i i don't have those issues to be honest and if even if i'm recording i don't do that because i have realized that all of these are respectability tactics asking mm. people to come on time telling people to i mean it's it's phone. a gesture if you follow it it would be nice but i don't think it's like you are an evil person for not doing it you know yeah but to uh, yeah i am just saying that a person if they are there to have a good time it's more important for them to switch off their phones than for, yeah, for yeah. you to tell them because look at their lives okay they monday to friday okay yeah they have specifically given time to have yeah. a good time you don't need to tell them they know how yeah. like so but there's I a sense of arrogance that i think comes you know i mean i i i like it when a phone doesn't ring during my show i remember i remember the funniest was once um sham you know sham bhat right yeah yeah he was doing there. a spot at the comedy store and it was one of the shorter spots before he got a thing and the phone starts ringing and he's like hey who's that man this is a guy this is a comedy show you know phone it turns out to be his phone <laughs> like, oh sorry that's mine i better cut the call <laughs> yeah that's classic but no yeah um, yeah, yeah but you know, sometimes saying... people attack like the audience like they have the sense of like it's me and i get i get exactly what you mean like it's what's wrong in being nice to your audience of course you have the yeah. the random obnoxious fucker who wants to come confrontational like look at me my my dick is bigger than yours kind of attitude for a show but i think predominantly people are nice right I, at least from your experience because you've I seen mean, larger numbers you've seen across the board because i've I I also go for a show where not many people know me when I'm performing so I have to prove that I'm funny so it's yes. that much one one more step that oh the okay, who the fuck is this guy okay now he's talking about his eyesight is he funny is it worth our time so then I'm already defensive so I might sometimes tend to get a little like guys come on man can you put your fucking phone off it's the least you can yeah. do to respect me but I fortunately haven't done that but what yeah. is your experience because these are your fans of course they come yeah. wanting See, kunal they want interesting so what is your experience especially recording in pune and, and where did you record it uh, i recorded in spade comedy club it's like a 55 seater in pune uh, nice nice so That's it is nice size. It's, it's, yeah and it is like a like a 6 by 8 kind of stage which is just risen by like 4 inches or 6 5 4 my dream so, stage <laughs> yeah so it's just that the audience is like uh, you can see everybody in the audience and uh, everybody in the audience has a clear vision of you so nice. it was uh, very good to record there but uh, coming back to this whole thing about people cell phone ringing and all see what i've realized is that the 50 to 60% of the people who come to see say someone like me it's a good chance that this is the first time they are watching a comedy show so mm. you have to make the environment so like relaxed chilled out easy so that they can consider this for someone else like who they've seen yeah. or just you know oh i don't know what to do today i'm on book my show hey that movie is not working out let's just go see this comedy show is happening in pune some young pune comedians let's go check them out so it's just that they are not uh, buried under etiquettes of uh, which doesn't make them come out like yeah. oh we are half an hour late are but looks like there are many comedians we'll catch the last four okay chal. yeah 
so i think just easing out the environment kind of helps yeah uh, or the I mean, comedy is supposed to be fun right i think sometimes comedians take it too seriously i have this thing saying listen just do whatever the fuck you have to it's not like there's something serious going on here yeah it's, it's, i mean it would be nice <laughs> if you don't talk over me because that's one thing that i'd like to do in the show yeah. <laughs> but besides that i think but there's too much of these tech rider this thing. i'm hearing more and more of course i'm disconnected from what's happening in bombay or the bigger yeah. comedians or the bigger management uh and they the way they work but i hear a lot of these stories like oh yeah you know you, you don't you have to kind of lord me and you have to give me this seven star room and i'm like dude i understand comfort i understand safety i understand a little bit of luxury it's nice to go in a car which doesn't sort of explode on you but where where does that line become this fancy like treat me like i'm a celebrity you know see i i feel that you can't lose abilities as you grow up Mm. So I I feel that I was 20 I was figuring out my TBL while I was at a job yeah. now all of a sudden I'm in Delhi and somebody's paying 8000 rupees for an Innova because is going to come pick me up from the airport and the driver is going to be on my back and call where I exactly know what I have to do throughout the day so I can just yeah. Uber it yeah. I just find all these things kind of cutting life experiences I'd love to go in like normally like and take an Uber from Delhi to Gurgaon, do my show, then chat with a few comedians, and then come back to yeah. whatever hotel there is. And I feel, in terms of the more comfortable you want to be, is uh, sometimes maybe it's not the comedian; it's their management or whatever. I think it's their way of telling you that mm. you know this is what having comedy costs. So please be prepared to. Uh, maybe it's a business thing, but I personally yeah. don't like it. Uh, I feel that I should be able to. Yeah, I mean, I've traveled uh, from uh, Malaysia to New Zealand, so that was like a eighteen-hour uh, flight with a stopover. Yeah. So I, I, at that point, I was like, I don't think I'd be able to do economy. Yeah, no, of course. And and because I'm like six feet two inches, I, I yeah. may not look it, but I'm six feet two inches for eighteen hours. I won't be able to do. Dude, come, and this is what I'm talking about, right? Like, I am absolutely on board with the fact that if you, dude, if you, if you are used to a certain thing. then you live that certain thing but don't suddenly be like you know what i'm going to come uh, to the airport in an auto but then because the client is paying ask for like a fucking ferrari right it's just i mean it doesn't make sense if you're just doing it because a, it's on someone else's bill or b because you have this certain image like if you if you you're right if it's needed dude i need i need someone to pick me up i need someone to escort me i don't i never used to ask because i thought oh god what will they think of if i mention i'm a blind comedian will the client cut cut my cut cut the show saying we don't want to person with a disability performing but now i'm just like you know what man you do you want me to come there in one piece because if yeah. you because there should be shows where i would land up um especially in these tech parks and from the gate to the actual venue is a good you know 800 meter 1 kilometer walk you have to go through all these and i'm like i never asked for assistance i'm like this is stupid because there are you know things on the way i could get you know i could walk into like a fucking barricade i could walk i could fall off a staircase it's a, those it's are, a clear safety issue yeah yeah and that's exactly what uh, i think people should appreciate when they're doing their own thing right if you need this you need it but you shouldn't like tiptoe around that and the other end going you know what this is my ego at <laughs> but when it came to a point you know we used to tell people that if you are going to keep the bar open on a corporate show nobody is going to listen to comedy Yeah. So if you can shut the bar and give a call out for the I mean, last I'm, 10 minutes. I mean you know us and you and I are the first people to go like fucking have a drink it's the best time to enjoy comedy <laughs> have but a drink. have a drink but don't yeah I think that's a, that that was a tough one to you know understand like they're like no but people want to enjoy like yeah get, let them get a drink let them get buzzed close it yeah. for 30 minutes that's all I'm here for you know You know but this whole uh, system of uh, 
like that Manhattan Gurgaon Manhattan club yeah it worked beautifully and i remember they used to do it on a experience that was to yeah right. they used yeah. to do it on a thursday night and they used to be 250 people 300 people yeah. minimum the uh, they must be buying uh, alcohol and this and that worth maybe yeah. at least 5 to 6 lakhs and they are organizing a comedy show with me you and maybe someone else like rajnish kapoor where we are getting paid 10 grand each worth tbl of say maybe 10 grand each yeah. so they, it was such a profitable model right And, and it was wow. a fun, easy-going model because Great. the we were the having be- a good time. Number we were one, a good time. there was no rules of. I mean, they would have the same comedy store rules, but they were like, you know, what, drink, uh, tank up. You'll have a break again, so you can tank up again. And people were thoroughly enjoying themselves. It was like a party, dude. Totally, and that was so good. Like that was yeah. so much fun. Uh, and now it has become like, okay, you are artist, you book this sort of place for free. Of course, they get nothing. Mm. They they uh, there's the show because it's a comedy special. There is no break. Yeah. Now you put seven thirty on the thing. Seven thirty to eight they will have. When you finish your show, you'll announce. Guys, the bar is open. So if you guys want to get a drink, there's nobody in fucking get a drink. Two people will be there getting a drink. Rest everybody is fucked off. So that's after the show, thing. right? After the show. So that's the beauty. Of, this uh, place in Bangalore called uh, Bangalore International Center. They've actually uh, they're a theater. They're a proper auditorium. and they've actually got a liquor license now dude and they they give out their auditorium with a bar facility yeah dude that's every auditorium abroad even a school yeah. auditorium yeah when i saw when i saw eddie izard in the beacon theater one of those yeah. massive ones in new york yeah i was just like wait a second i'm sitting in the front row uh, i can carry my beer in and i can watch him while i'm drink- this is like watching him you know watching his watching his dvd and enjoying it but he's in person how yeah. cool is that concept dude Yeah, it is very cool. But you know what yeah. happens is that sort of a thing needs a etiquette to enjoy it. Like, yeah, I think I that's think where the line. Yeah, that's where that's where it is. Like, I'm all for people having fun, but it is just that if uh, you know comedy in India, live comedy has existed for twelve, thirteen years. So mm. we'll take some time to understand yeah, yeah. what is the line of uh, you know yeah. service and. The I show mean, we've had uh, airlines for how many years in India now, and we still don't <laughs> serve. <laughs> That's true. You had airline. <laughs> you know, on airline, I'll tell you something very beautiful. I I I don't own a credit card huh. because I never owned a credit card, and uh, I don't know why. This something my father told me. He said uh, something just stay with you. So my yeah. father once when I was fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, he told me that this whole credit card thing. Uh, is going to take America to the dogs, mm. and just out of context, he was reading something in the newspaper, and he said this whole credit card life is going to be, and yeah. that kind of stuck with me, and I never got a credit card, and my father, I really love him for the some things he just drops, and I never got a credit card. Once I'm in Indigo, okay, I'm from Kolkata, I'm coming to Mumbai, and usually I don't want their sandwich, but this time mm-hmm. I'm actually starving. So yeah. I tell the lady, uh, "Here's uh, my card. Uh, can you give me a sandwich?" She says, "Oh, sir, we do not accept debit cards." Said, so real money means shit. <laughs> so I, I said, uh, "I'm not getting the logic of this." Mm. She said, "We don't accept credit cards." She was not trying. So I, I had a two and a half hour flight. Yeah. Okay. So I was like trying to inquire further and further. Mm. Why no debit card? I'm not angry. Don't give me the sandwich. No problem. A fan bought me the sandwich. Thank you for that guy. Lovely. <laughs> he was like, "You can pay me when you." I was like, "Yes, sir. Thank you." So yeah. I, I kind of inquired further. What is this whole thing? What is this whole thing? So what happens is people in the air, there is no network. 
so they are using their debit cards which they have from 4 5 years ago that bank is only non existent that account is non existent oh my god are you and they are buying and they are buying shit left right center give me one more give me one more sandwich for home they are buying things worth 3 4000 rupees and using the credit uh, debit like, card why why the fuck would you first of all fly i mean think about the scam right you bought a ticket to go cheat in air <laughs> no no the cheating has happened uh, midway you have to go from a to b Ah, but so the going—it's it's not like they have to go to cheat. They're going no, anyway. No, they're going. So ah, okay, because that would be another is, kind of good con, right? Like che- cheating is midway, and then mm. I realize, my God, yeah, actually, credit card. There's some liability. Someone mm. has to pay it at some point. Correct. Debit card. What is the liability if there's no money in the account? There's no liability. Mm. So Indigo doesn't take debit. No, cards. debit cards are also scary at the same time. I think we had gone for my dad's seventieth uh, birthday, something. Gone to like this place called Seminyak in Bali. And uh, we withdrew some. I withdrew some cash with my bank card, ATM card, mm-hmm. and fuck, man, got a call immediately from HDFC because uh, some some person from the Dominican Republic tried using that card. Then I was like, how quick are these guys? You know. So you're right. In one way, they could play a false card and not charge, and the money Correct. just goes and the airline loses. But the other flip side to a debit card is all your savings or whatever you have in that account is also. At risk of being, yeah. But know, if yeah. if if you're smart, you can figure out. Okay, this is my debit card. I'm going. I can't spend more than one lakh twenty thousand. You set limits, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you are like, if I lose this one lakh twenty thousand, it's still not worth me having a credit card and uh, you yeah. know managing that sort of a thing where you buy when you don't have money. So yeah. just to so, but uh, no, the same thing happened to a person next to me, and I I got end up asking that lady like, if he doesn't have cash, I'm happy to buy him a sandwich. And that guy's like, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> Um, and then he just looked at me eating my sandwich for the rest of the flight. I felt so <laughs> something, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is the thing, man. Just imagine that you have to be so unique. Like no part of the world a debit card would be rejected. No part of the yeah. World. It's just the same concept, right? We we uh, the rest of the world doesn't allow water through security. We allow yeah. water, but we don't allow lighters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you mind if I smoke a cigarette? No, that's not fine. at all, bro. This okay. is uh, something I wish I could do. I quit. Oh, oh! How's the how's the going? You quit drinking? Quit drinking? Or no, no, drinking? are you crazy, dude? I can't quit drinking. Are you crazy? You can't do everything, dude. Now I quit smoking. Uh, well, it's been good. it'll be a year in April. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm trying to quit now. Ah, uh, dude, trust me. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I feel uh, I'll tell you why I quit. I, I it I quit the day I got COVID in April. Um, uh-huh. Mainly because it gotten to a point going. Fuck, okay, might as well. It's a good time. I don't want yeah. any other complications and suddenly be anxious about was oh, my oxygen level dropping. Blah yeah. blah blah. But mainly because every cigarette should give you some joy, you know. And that's why I started yeah. smoking because that feeling, that nicotine rush. But here, yeah. towards the last sort of few months before quitting, every cigarette was making me more anxious. It was uh, fucking up my stomach. I was getting acidity. I was getting cramps, and I was getting more and more like panic attacks. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is not. I I don't care about what will happen in twenty years to yeah. my lungs, but I care about what today I'm feeling, right? And yeah. not having that morning cigarette, not having that afternoon cigarette, is making me f- have a better day. So I'm like, why wouldn't I enjoy that feeling? Like one thing uh, that I totally believe in that uh, Osho said that if you if you if you every bad habit you quit, you have a certain sort of respectability for yourself. You have, so, I think, a sense of belief also that also, you have uh, control over your life. Yeah, yeah. But I think another thing is, dude, smoke, do whatever, man. I, I, I would love yeah. to be a part of it, yeah, but enjoy yeah. it. I, yeah. I see people exercising and they're not happy with themselves. Like they're yeah. angry exercising, they're angry drinking, and they, yeah. the moment it becomes that coping mechanism, I think it's unhealthy. But I know people who yeah. drink and enjoy it and enjoy life, and they, ha- they're absolutely healthy, dude. I'm not here to yeah. uh, endorse alcohol or drugs, no, but. but uh, Anything, if you're doing in the right mindset, I don't see 
it being bad like i think you I know, figure it out when you're smart enough you know and but our, our industry is based in such a way that uh, if you are Mm. like i i enjoy my drink i have never hidden that from anybody yeah like after a show i will go for a drink that's not a problem but then you have these murmur campaigns about you that uh, yeah. you, you know this guy is drinking is the problem drinking is why he's not drinking Kamra, is why you know he, anyone should uh, talk about that i'm sure people <laughs> talk about me behind my back about my drinking i've heard stories have come back to bite me in the ass not not yeah. like i want I, i i care about being bitten in the ass Yeah. but it's kind of like this oh this this blind guy drinks a lot like okay dude you know what i know now what my relationship with alcohol is so fuck everyone else <laughs> 100% you know i and think that's the kind of as you said a smear campaign smear but camp- if you don't want to be smeared i mean if you if you know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it then you're not going to it's not going to let it you're not going to let it smear you right not at all and if i am half functional yeah. with al- with being if you call me an alcoholic and if i'm still generating things 10 times better than you then you should yeah. either start drinking or introspect <laughs> i think that's what pe- upset people that this guy's yeah. impaired and he's doubly impaired and he's kicking yeah. ass <laughs> and he's funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the only problem with sometimes getting too hammered on stage is you yeah, don't remember the next day like uh i remember one show not going uh, apparently the next day everyone called like these com- other comedians are like dude you went out of line you crossed the line i'm like dude one second and this girl calls her i want to i demand a public apology all that kind of shit and i i remember and the, some people the show going dude it was of course risky but she was giving back in a crowd work interaction thing right she was giving back as good as she got and i was like that's what i like in a thing right sometimes the crowd work interaction is when the when it's it, it might go a little too far that's comedy right I, I, I remember a foreigner I asked him uh, I said uh, uh, he was, I said where are you from he said America I said what what got you here he hmm. said an aeroplane wow okay I didn't have a comeback I laughed with him I said yeah. you were a funny old man okay. and we had a good time uh, so I and also this see I uh, kind of because the stakes are a little high and these murmur campaigns are like all over so yeah. I made a policy that I won't drink before the show just it's not yeah. like I can't handle it It's just that I don't want any. See, the show can go good, bad, whatever the fuck. But I don't want some client to come back to my manager and say that he was not he was not sober. That's why the show went bad. Yeah, so, corporates. I am very careful because nowadays. Yeah, even know, live shows, my stakes yeah. are high. Sometimes yeah, you have more fifteen more at uh, more more you know more, not more more at risk, but yeah, uh, the yeah, stakes I'm, are a little bit more because the problem with alcohol, I feel sometimes, is that you know you you you're not you're not on on point. and that yeah. could be a problem if things don't go according to even, uh, you know even even sandeep if we are on point i i i'm little old fashioned here because see i took a drink on stage after 7 years of doing stand up yeah. and every city or town i go to there is somebody in the younger comedian for some god for second reason idealizing or trying to get something from mm. me and the easier things to take our bad habits bad yeah, habits yeah yeah no drink so on stage I, you know that's a very tricky one because i uh, don't want to yeah. or even drinking before the show the, even if the audience wouldn't know the comedians around me would know and they would pick up that habit and maybe they would they would not be able to handle themselves like you know we're fucking yeah. i'm 33 you're, you're almost touching 40 now we we have the sense of understanding no, no, i know i i've never given a fuck about what the, whether i'm a bad influence because i really think that you know if 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 you need to take it up as a habit and you can't figure it out then you know i'm there to help you but i never yeah. have looked at myself as an influence on others but i'm i'm glad that you are doing that because my main thing is logistical dude like when i have so many times uh, experimented like maybe 5 6 times taking a glass sure. on stage i end up holding it 
And I'm like, dude, this is again another thing which impedes my movement, right? I can't jump if I want to because where will I spill the drink? The couple of times I've dropped the glass and I'm like, again, this is another thing. So sometimes I just don't because Jim Jeffries looks really cool drinking another beer after another beer. But I'm not Jim Jeffries. I don't have the capacity. And I don't have the... Yeah, and I don't have the ability to pick up the glass. I'm going to drop it. (laughs) Dakstanup has not done a show sober from 2003. Is that an act? You guys, you guys uh, met him in Bangkok, right? Or was it you? Uh, no, no, no. I didn't meet him in Bangkok, actually. Uh, I think Upmanyu and somebody, uh, Sumit Anand and uh, one more person met him in Bangkok. Right. And partied with Doug Stanhope. I met him, uh, we did a Zoom call with me, uh, Doug Stanhope and a few other comedians. Just uh, just a drinking Zoom call. And How cool is that? Uh, yeah, that guy seems like he doesn't give a fuck about the industry, dude. Uh, yeah, he was telling us so much about uh, his ways of uh, working and it was just how he writes a joke to how, when a joke is done to when it's stale. And, and to be very honest, he has got it together. Like he yeah. he knows his punchline and he, and I have kind of, I'm a big nerd of Duck Stand Up. So I have seen mm. him deliver the same joke mm. to, in two separate shows uh, mm. and it's the timing is impeccably the same right. one one thing he told me uh, which kind of i want to share i, I wish i called you uh, earlier and shared is that every comedian who is going on stage to do their uh, special or do a show they should be able to see a wall clock or they should have some sense of time maybe on your hand watch or something mm. on your wrist they should have some some sense of time because there is just only this much laughs there People who do two and a half shows and all, two and a half hours with their audience and all, they're just wasting their time. Just have to yeah. condense your best. You know, my biggest fear on that point was, um, especially with this last one, 2020, when I recorded. Right. Because I'd only done it twice before recording it. Uh, huh. I was worried that I would get through 80% of what I had planned. And the next thing is only 30 minutes done. And that was my biggest thing. So I, I my timing was off. So that's why I got this little, this, this, yeah. you can see this watch. Yeah, I can. I can. Uh, it's all through touch. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got something like this because you, you freak out, man. Like yeah. you're not enjoying the material. You're enjoying. You're worried more about am I filling up the one hour, which is not a way to do a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or am I going over the hour so much that the yeah. audience? I'm losing some part of the audience. So yeah, it, when I was recording, I did that. I fi- I fixed a watch which only I could see. And ah, nice. w- while I was recording, I did twelve shows, and the last six I was recording Saturday and Sunday. And I'm telling you that helped me so much because by yeah. the end, by the last show, I was I didn't have when I watched the clock, it was not to move to a bit. It was to confirm that oh, I have done the right thing and I've moved to the bit. You're kind of on this on roadmap the, yeah, of markers, e- right? Right. Yes, yes, and and it is like you are in state of flow, but you are in yeah. check. So that Dude, really helped know, me. You, you 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 kind of you seem like you have more method to what you're doing now because I mean I've known you doing what you've done and <laughs> I want to ask you like when okay a couple of things because you are sure. this personality who are um, you know who's got both sides of the camp like people who really adore you for what you say and uh, also kind of find your courage in in speaking out against the establishment quite um, empowering and quite remarkable at the same time that comes with the with the flip side of the coin right where people find you whatever. Um, and you know inflammatory they find you whatever the words being thrown at you I don't know but um, I think I don't have a question per se but do you find like as you've gotten a bigger uh, as a performing artist Mm -hmm. as a name as more people book you more people come for your show um, have you developed more um, sort of skills or more things as a responsibility side from the responsibility side of things uh, 
or do you just go again like balls to the walls i'm doing it because i want to do it my content damn uh, whatever consequence it have be damned i'm just uh, kunal kamla and i'm saying what the fuck i want um so do you do you, do you say things do you think it through 100% see i'll right. i'll tell you one thing that the courageous thing i did was not the pe- what people think is courageous that's just that's just that's just if you are existing and if you are noticing and if you are kind of uh, even slightly empathetic about it you are going to talk about a lynching there's there's no doubt mm. about it if you have some social capital uh, you will talk about lynching or you will yeah. talk about something that is really going off in, in the gender justice movement or any of these uh, things that are happening in our society that's not courageous at all i think the courageous thing that i did was decided that i have to quit a cushion job and do this full time that's the that's the negotiation with courage i made that negotiation after all that has happened then it's just about accepting and mm. when you talk about developing skills and all yeah once you are doing this full time you can't do it i mean i can but you can't like it's just that sort of it, there is a sort of morality involved here where you can't take the same laugh again and again and again Mm. you 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 are doing a disservice to them if you are exactly making them hear what they have come to hear so that no, so uh, what i mean by that is like okay are you a more disciplined person now become since you become more popular and famous or do you just i mean what i mean by that is see, of course i think if you love uh, if you love being a performer you will come for every show but you know what ha- tends to happen is sometimes is that you made it of course you've done 150 200 shows and now you're like you know what dude i'll bunk a couple fuck it what'll happen they'll yeah. come back or i'm not going to give this show my 100% because you know what fuck it i've got a million followers on twitter do you ever feel that or the opposite you feel like I, oh, every show i have to deliver because they have come no i actually it, see the reason of me not and i have done this maybe 3 4 times in my life where mm. i have uh, had a show and i've said uh, i cannot perform today and that has been because i have been sure that the audience will have a bad show might as well refund them the money sometimes okay. i've gone to a new town and i have kind of seen that okay ma my comedy is not ready for this town maybe they know me but they don't know stand up comedy at all so let's just mm. let's just fill the time get this done and when they get home they get a message from book my show that they've got a refund Fuck oh so you show. do the show and refund it yes Okay, okay. These are things that, but th- that is not because of my discipline. That's because of my diligence towards just doing this full time. Yeah, I mean mm. any job that you accept, and and you know, if you talk about religion and if you talk about anything that gives you peace, comedy is that for me. So if mm. this is giving me so much peace, I yeah. have to give it something back. Whether you call it yeah, discipline, yeah, I suppose, morality, yeah. respect, whatever you call the virtue. but yeah. i have to give something back otherwise i'm being unfair now i think this is important to hear because people think um, you know and and this is something that you know as you mentioned when you know we were early days we would do these things right it was you respect the trade craft you respect the stage uh, in the sense you don't you don't just go fling the mic because you're angry or you don't go you, you I, i mean there are certain i wouldn't say rules but uh, rules of engagement but i would say there are certain things that you appreciate because um without that you wouldn't be on that stage performing right so you have to give it 
whether it's you know not passing out on stage hammered out of your mind or yeah. you know sometimes you do cross the line and then this because it's the nature of the beast is that it does get your ego sometimes you're having such a good time yet you feel invincible and you make mistakes but it quickly corrects you quickly checks you and i think that's what stand up or any art form right if you do even a you yeah. go for a play which you've rehearsed or you don't rehearse and you go it's going to say hey hey nobody you can't do this <laughs> you know Correct. but i suppose it's i wanted to know whether it gets more demanding as you get more popular that's, that's what i wanted to get because i I mean, I've done it for eleven years, twelve years, but I've never had that uh, the demands that you might have had on your career, right? Where you're constantly phones off the hook. You have these many shows, this many countries. So I just want to un- understand. I think even for people who are new to this or people who are aspiring to be famous comedians, that it does come with a certain number of responsibilities or certain commitment which you can't deny. You know? Yeah. See, for my example, to like my one thing is that I have. followed through uh, and which has helped me mm. uh, i think that if you are doing comedy full time it would be amazing if most of the money you make is from comedy yeah so that you keep doing comedy yeah and i just feel that whatever you are not doing today but if you are pursuing comedy and if you are learning your craft and if you are executing yourself in that it will come back to you in a better form so if mm. you can't do this year's college fest fine next year they'll come back to you with a 20% bump up just keep focusing on that don't yeah. don't worry about what is not happening whatever is happening do it with full diligence whether it is just otherwise don't do it minutes. yeah would you on the other flip side on the contrary say just for the sake of holding on to something i hear some comedians like dude i haven't been on stage since the lockdown i have to get on any stage and they do these zoom things do you feel like that sense of desperation holding on that i'll lose my sense of comedic timing or this thing do you feel that's also another extreme See, they are. They, I think, firstly, when you choose the arts field for mm. co- for commercial purpose, yeah, it is very important for you to have a philosophy on money in its in general. Yeah, like my philosophy is whatever money comes to you, with you not working towards that money, it has to change something morally about you. That's the job of capitalism. Yeah, in the job of capitalism is you. I mean. I want to be seen. Everyone who inherits some lots of land, mm. one alcoholic in the family selling that land off. <laughs> so the job of the capitalist is to morally change who you are, make yeah. you comfortable, make you not play to your full potential. So that is and put that you, money back into their system which they've yes, created. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And at the same point, you have to then figure out. Okay, fine. Like this comedian who's not got on stage for two years. Yeah. Now, is it a thing that he's thinking that he's losing his skill? No, he's not. He can just go to, like I, if I have not got on stage for a very long time, I'll go to a bar alone, or order for a lime soda, meet a person, and tell him all my thoughts. Yeah. I'll call someone. I'll tell them all my thoughts. I'll call. There are. It's not like the perf- if you are willing to change the performance and go virtual and uh, you know cater to people who are on zoom eating their food while their camera is off mm. what is the problem in going to 12 people uh, having a birthday party in khar social and telling them that hey i am a stand up comedian can i tell a few jokes mm. i don't know that is my, like idea is are used to go parks to park just doing magic and doing stand up so mm. wh- you are not doing that so you are not desperate really mm. you just are insecure yeah No, I think desperation and insecurity is something else. I think desperation is to get that laughter from just to know that you are you exist. You are on the same plane as everybody. Yeah, 
you're not very I think insecurity is that I think when you when you really not uh, sure about the fact that you have the talent and yeah. you 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 need to <laughs> yeah. yeah that is insecurity and also it is that you are you telling like tell me one thing i mean if you say for example there is a rich person okay uh, and for 10 years uh, they have not climbed stairs yeah or not uh, ridden a cycle yeah they won't forget that yeah you can't forget comic timing you've done it enough if you've done it for 10 years how will you forget doing comedy and this is where i you know jump in with people i had not i never have issues man i i had issues and i used to get like all worked up going fucking hey, how yeah. can this happen this comic stunt yeah. this kind of and i'm like you know what dude i'm and this is where the pandemic fucking put things in perspective save my yeah. my mental health i would say because i'm like you know what dude just unlearn everything about yourself and start right. doing taking up things that you want to do because you enjoy it not that someone else will say he's he's oh, yeah, funny or someone else will say he can he can do this as a visually impaired do it because you want to do it and because it becomes so much clutter 19% of your conversation in as a comedian if it's about why you aren't getting shows why you aren't selling out why you aren't on netflix that's not the reason to do stand up that's what not why i got into it i got into it to make people laugh and have a good time doing it as opposed to because i feel when 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 this happens when the conversation is about the the peripheral issues then it opens up avenues for others to exploit your peace of mind right they make you feel uh, good about something by putting down others or make you feel shit by bigging up others and it's just not worth it dude and See, uh, you know you are absolutely right sandeep but I, and i would say all these things did not exist when we started so yeah. how is something that did not exist when i started this yeah. can affect my peace of mind of yeah. not getting this opportunity i think yes more comedy specials of indian comedians should exist on amazon netflix even hbo should come here by a comic stan should raise their budget by 5 crores 10 crores yeah till the time that does not exist how will i and you separate ourselves from it yeah they are so when somebody asked me the other day some young comedian he said there was a time where you used to go online and you used to diss a comedian who was senior than you without giving a fuck why don't you do that anymore I mm. said because I was naive, I had to do that on Twitter. Now I do it with my hour. What I do in my comedy, I don't name anybody, but it is clearly a diss of someone not pursuing comedy with that religiousness. I don't you have know, to I be direct you, with my diss. This, this, the the problem I have, right? It, it, it's that um, the 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 when you when when uh, and I mean this is not. I'm not here to protect. No, any please, comedians. please go for no, it. I'm not. No, I'm saying I'm not protecting any comedian's interest, but I'm saying when you hardly. when when you're when when you're driving force right you just mentioned this 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 commitment you give to your comedy because you think that because it's giving back you have to give so much right i think it's a fair right. trade but when the message that people starting out today and i'm not here to guide yeah. them i'm yeah. saying when you're starting out and their focus is seeing a guy win comics than get x amount of money get x amount of accolade get x amount of stage time because of this thing i feel that's a wrong motivator because dude you're not writing to last and you're not writing to get better but you're writing for those 5 minutes or how many ever minutes and that content is completely gone you can't use it and next thing you're sitting maybe if you're that good and you won or come to the final 5 you've sat on this content and now it's like suddenly you're twiddling your thumbs going uh fuck how do i write more <laughs> right no but i see if there is going to be uh, something like capitalist yeah then there is something going to be like crony capitalist or what okay. capitalist crony capitalist right So if there's something which is comedian, okay, yeah. there's going to be a crony comedian. Yeah. 
who will start and he'll like or she will like wanting to kind of get this sort of thing and ask the wrong questions and try and bump up your rate and be more present in Amazon or Netflix mm. and try and gather the money and then you know work yeah. out of like connections that you have made and make sure you get paid. see that's a different hustle yeah yeah and exactly I mean and I, if you are I think it's important you, to identify I don't think it's a problem with either but I'm glad you're identifying the distinction I, there is a crony comedian there's a comedian Yeah. Comedian is focusing just on joke writing and comedy, and but can the, you last as a comedian in this actually, environment? Yeah, cronies don't last. Mm. Tatas will last hundred and fifty years. They are capitalists. They go to mm. government because they have no choice. Mm. But cronies who go to government because they have access and then they devise a business around it, that's not mm. going to last. With the next government, that business is going to collapse. Yeah. So if you have to last further, you have to avoid this croniness. of mm. you know i'm going to go there one day it's going to pay me 10 lakhs that's going to cover my four months yeah like but that piggy backing off yes yeah, but that four know. months it's going to cover but you don't understand it is going to change a fabric in you it's going to make you less hard working you are mm. spending your time at the wrong places with the wrong people where you are not understanding anything yeah it's going to terribly change your art form and you, you become quite wise no you become a wise guy <laughs> <laughs> and you and you know we are fooling ourselves if there is some comedian who tells you i don't want to be the most respected comedian in the country or the most loved comedian in the country or the funniest comedian in the country everybody has these sort of barriers that they want to go to yeah now they make compromises on the, that's why i said philosophy of money is most important and you know that's what i find sad you know because i i can't sit here and tell people that oh it's not money it pursue your passion and maybe when you know i started out i said you know you have to take this up full time don't don't treat this as a hobby because and now people are like oh, you said in 2012 do it full time and now i have no money i'm like dude the times have changed at that time there were you, five ten comedians so you could I, afford and you could manage on 20000 a month that's what a full time comedian would get but now you're looking at the likes of guys getting a whatever you know for 50 lakh deal going i want that kind of money so the, the entire equation has changed so obviously you so, know if you if you don't have food on the table why the fuck would you listen to me <laughs> I, <laughs> you know I, mean? no, i have utmost love and respect for you and that's why yesterday when you messaged me i was so happy that finally i'll get to talk to you at a length about life in general because you have been a very good influence Uh, and i'll tell you in one way one kind of uh, thing kind of stuck with me which you told me and you told me when both of us were uh, i think we were at pune high spirits and uh, i was opening and it was your show and uh, it was 2015 and 16 and I, you were asking me about my job and all and i was telling you you have a great voice why don't you do voice over for ads and all if you were based out of mumbai you'd be making a killing you know and then you told me this one thing oh shit so you are in a position to put me in a voice over of an ad and i said yes yes i work as a producer i have a very respectable job Mm. He said, "Oh, f- uh, that's pretty fucked up, man. You're not a bad comedian." You said that. You're mm. not bad. Co- you're not a bad comedian. And I said, "Oh, thanks." Uh, in what know, context would I have said that? <laughs> yeah, because I just opened for you. So, so the context follows. He said that, "My God, you have a very cushy job, and you do this as your hobby, and you're able to manage both. There will be probably a comedian who wants to do this full time, and you mm. will take his spot. You will take the seven thousand rupees you get also, and you will securely go for your job the next day. Very cushioned environment." Hmm. and that i was like yeah man i am not uh, it's i then i started realizing that i can be but i'm not competing on the fair ground i have lead because i'm hmm. not doing this for money and the more no, I lead think... i have, and you were absolutely right when you said that because then i had a chat after that with raj sharma also who's very inspiring hmm. and he said something similar also that hmm. uh, if you 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 think you are good 
I think you are good. What is making you stop from doing it full time? And that is yeah. good motivation. No, because dude, I that sort of I I I, I I'm not uh, coming across it. I hope I'm not interrupting, but I really feel I I don't know when uh, what motivated me to say that, but. I think that was when because you know you you had been doing it for a while and you had those jokes the the joke which I still to yeah. date find hilarious because I've heard the barrage of blind jokes thrown at me and I think yeah. one is worse than the other but I I really liked I'm not saying that was a blind joke you did think keeping me in mind but it was a great observation about how people would go and offer to help blind people cross the road without even asking them if they needed yeah. <laughs> to cross help, the street yeah. right I love that bit From because one, it was I, he was going in direction of one bus stop and now he's in the opposite direction taking another bus exactly that was a really <laughs> really nice bit because it was not about because I am visually impaired it needed my my stamp it was just really funny because that sort of reflected people going you know what i've done a noble thing i helped a blind man cross the road today and someone going did he need to be helped <laughs> did he need to cross the road right yeah. i found that hilarious but you you were good in the in the sense you were getting laughs but you would do that other bit i i, I forget i don't i don't want to do all your bits but like this bit yeah. which people would cringe right where you pull your pubes off some some yeah. and act out but then there was this moment suddenly where we weren't in touch and maybe this 2015 I, yeah i got married that year then we, yeah, i didn't yeah. gig as much and the next thing you'd put out these videos of the demonetization no that was that was 2017 we had this chat in 15 16 somewhere around that yeah so no, no that's that's what i'm saying so then you suddenly exploded with those online clips with the uh, waiting at the atm the siachen yeah. thing so i want to ask you so that's i think maybe when you quit your job or maybe yeah, yeah. you you started becoming more focused on this but that change and you going more political and more uh social uh, awareness in your content was that a conscious decision like did have you always been motivated by social justice or motivated by social change and politics or did you calculate or did, was that your philosophy saying i need to do this because number one no one's doing it in a stand up realm and it's going to get me uh the eyeballs that i want or is it something that was fundamental to you as a person that it needs to be said So it was like 2016 for a year I had had a very tough year. Mm. I had a relationship uh, which I thought was culminating into uh, being the fixture of my life. Uh, that kind of breaking uh, then uh, my relationship with my office where I had worked around uh, almost 10 11 years me feeling This is advertising, I, right? Uh, advertising I was in a production company. called cockroach films that mm. was kind of uh, you know that that was feeling like i don't want this maybe i don't want that that year was very tough on me mm. and simultaneously i just asked myself then what are you doing what is your what is what are you, what are you getting to the table yeah what are you going to get to the table and i had that tough call that okay fine i i am going to take it to the table what i feel okay Mm. and if i feel this maybe it's unpopular truth but okay fine i feel this and then i started educating myself also because i didn't want to crony it like i mean there, yeah. there are 10 there are 1000 comedians who can do a modi joke but a modi mm. joke that will tell you something which is pop- popular sentiment but people are not able to form uh, it and so yeah. i thought that was the responsibility and If you ask me right now, currently the new special that I have, it's mm. called Witness, and there's not even a single political joke in it. No, and that's what I was confused about, right? 
because I, um, you know, at one point you mentioned yourself that you went through this phase where you would pick on other comedians who were more popular and you would kind of like, you know, niggle and kind of try to wheedle them to get a response and, yeah, yeah. and, and you would sit in the green room and, and I was just like, is this even what you want to do? Because it's almost like you were like throwing a tantrum. You yeah. know, like you would get drunk and, uh, I, you know, many times I would be part, partaking in the drunkenness, <laughs> yeah. but it would be more like bitching sessions. And I'm like, you know, yeah. it, it's fun sometimes, yeah. you know, when good friends get together just to yeah, have a yeah. good, good old yeah. fashioned bitching session. But yeah. I felt it was getting too much, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what happened towards the end of like, for me, 2019, yeah. it was just like, dude, why the fuck are you doing this as opposed to performing on stage? You're, you're, you're going getting smashed, not enjoying the show, but coming off and then feeding to all the other people around you saying the shit about other people mm-hmm. or about you. Why do you need this? This is noise. Yeah, this is noise. And, I, yeah. and I felt you had a lot of that. Uh, and I'm not sitting here as your counselor, as, as no, some, no, no, like no, a no, big no. brother saying, why did you do that? But no, then you've, you know, then your content came out in this in this place, right? Where it was to do with um, the, you know, what the government is fucking up with oh. or with uh, how people mm-hmm. are being treated un- in an unfair way. People are being subjugated. People's yeah. voices are being cut off. And I was like, is this is this an act or this guy really feels? Because, you know, if you it was an act, you really sold the act. But, I, you know, but is this something Kunal really wants to do because that's when a lot of the other stuff stopped where you started like, stopped trolling other comedians you really yeah. just sort of sort of like sort of drilled down and started focusing on what you wanted to say but did you sense that from then you became this icon for a lot of people who wanted to hear about stuff that the government was doing wrong right whether it was Modi or whether it was his inner yeah, circle see, I, you, I, I just felt that okay when I was trolling a comedian uh, mm. When I was kind of, you know, bitching a comedian, I mean, like, what the fuck, that guy doesn't deserve. I just realized... No, there are some hilarious ones, I remember that. <laughs> Most like, comedians I, I, should be on Amazon if they're shopping. Yeah. I think, no, the other hilarious bit is, uh, you know, um, what is, I, I can't stop laughing. It's cute. It's not even insulting. Yeah. You're like, you know, man, when Vidas goes on stage and takes his hat off, Amor Grandiwe comes out. <laughs> I, yeah, I found really that funny. very cute. Like, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, see, but the thing is that when, 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 and then I had my experiences, I had my fair experiences with Mushroom and LSD and all. And uh, and when I was going through that patch, I realized, see, what is the problem? There's a hierarchical system. Someone runs the hierarchical system. Whatever exists in the world will exist in a microcosm in your life. Yeah. So you can't, this micro, this hierarchy will exist. You yeah. don't, you forget this hierarchy. And I'm telling you, if you're challenging this hierarchy, you will accumulate power and you will be hierarchical then. Correct, correct. It so creates your own sense of hierarchy. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Then you, you become the ISI mark of what comedy is. <clears throat> that is bullshit. You do your work. You pursuing your art form with diligence is a diss. And actually, there is nobody to be dissed. There mm. is just you, your craft, the audience that has come out for you today. And that is yeah. all the job that you have to do. Do you like writing jokes? Do you like telling new stories? That's it. Forget what others yeah. are doing. No, that's that's amazing that you it gave you that sense of focus because you know it. it I was losing that, track. I mean, you can totally say that I was losing track and I was going in a direction which was. No, I mean, I wasn't in touch with you, you know, because I was going through my own thing with my comedy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Going, do you want to be that guy? I was doing blowjob jokes, relationship jokes, and I was like. You know, it, and as you said, it was this manic energy where I was just like, you know what, I don't have time to think because I was using alcohol and comedy as an escape, not as yeah. a focus, you know, which is yeah. a big problem because if you're using it to get away from the real problem, 
which I didn't see for years. And I mean, no pun intended, but that that wasn't my my eyesight wasn't my real blindness. The blindness was not able to not being able to see what I was becoming. And then the sort of this lockdown, as I said, was an eye opener for me, dude. Like I'm using all eye puns, but uh, it really was going. What the fuck are you doing, right? You're 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 not focusing on stand up because you enjoy it, but you're using it as a chance to go out and party, which yeah. is. Which which sends you down another spiral. You start the behavior starts taking a toll. Then your mental health starts taking a toll, and that's what happened. Two thousand seventeen yeah. to twenty one. So I didn't have time or the bandwidth in my head to to sort of reach out to anyone to help or ask anyone if they needed me. You know. Totally, I get it. See, I'll tell you what. Uh, what changed for me was actually just realizing that I'm at that age where I can't be a shit show. Mm. You know, my my father's around sixty six. My mother turned sixty. You know mm. they're old. They need me. My sister has two kids. Uh, mm. For some fucked up reason, because I'm the only one in my family who's apparently, of, by their definition of success, is successful. They might look up to me. So you're I only thirty three, by the way, now. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be thirty four in October. Crazy dude. Okay. Cool. So, uh, so I just thought that for some fucked up reason, I have responsibility. Mm. Whether it is. Responsibility I accept or don't accept. There are going to be kids in my family tree. There will be a few people around who's going to look up to me, and I can't be yeah. this guy. I can't be a bad example. Yeah. So I, I I don't have any need to be a good example, but I know deep down if I just go a little more deeper and just ask yeah. a few questions and just answer them honestly, I'll be a better human being. No, which is that's why I said amazing. It's it's it for that because I've been thirty three and I I didn't give a fuck about responsibility. I was in fact. Like what the hell, right? Like I hate the world. Like look at me, I can't see you. Whatever, some stupid yeah. fucking tantrum I was throwing. But no, and and from it, and this is the this goes to show it can happen at any age, right? It happened to me at thirty eight. It happened it to is, you at thirty three. It is totally, or, it is yeah. totally the surroundings and what we are enabled to soak in. The same, yeah. like now when we get the clarity. No, and I think yeah, and you have to be ready to do it for yourself, not other people telling you. I think. It is, it is a pendulum till you don't. Swing to the extreme negative left, you will mm. never come to the center. Yeah, it is. And this is what gets me when people are like, "Oh, dude, you know, I, you know, it's just life has been hard." I'm like, I'm not saying your experience hasn't been easy. It's not been hard, but this is what this this what you're talking about is that moment that sends you to the sort of precipice, right? Yeah. It's almost like shit. One more step forward, and there's no and and there's no coming back. Like I'm not. It could be an, it, it, the examples could be whatever, right? It could be like with 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 the way you look at your life, or the way your habits, or with what you've done with people, and the way you abuse relationships. But it's that moment which literally you can pull back from, or sometimes, sadly, people can't. You know. I know. And I'm See, glad you pulled back, man. Uh, and also, I think in the broader sense, uh, we tend to react further than we tend to respond. Yeah. Which is which is a reaction is mostly based on impulses which are not yours. Yeah. yeah, responding is based on who you are. So I remember yeah. I uh, things changed for me uh, in two thousand twenty around Jan. Mm. Uh, there was this uh, drunk guy at an airport lounge who just came and he wanted to say hi to me, but he hit me on the back of my head, and you know that sound was really hard. Yeah. So I wasn't hurt or anything, but the sound was really hard, yeah. and I didn't think it was someone who liked my work. Yeah. And in that moment I just took 5 seconds, 6 seconds, 10 seconds and I turned around with a smile. Yeah. And I was like now now I know what is responding and I now I know what is reacting. I'm mature. Reacting would be your ego being bruised going who the fuck how dare who they touch the me. Fuck yeah. the I can get this guy out of the airport and he will not take the flight he'll go to jail. But that's yeah. not who I am. 
But dude, okay, no, I I know this is something which is a uh, lot of people have spoken about, and maybe it's boring uh, for you now. It's just water under the bridge. But what actually happened because that incident on the flight was um, something which you know, if you don't want to talk about it, of course. Yeah, we can it. totally talk. But about what it. happened exactly? Because it sounded you it, you sounded like um, I don't know the actual video. Of course, everyone's watched it, and they have their opinions, and of yeah. course. But I I know you, and I was. When I saw that, I was like, "What's going on?" Because I always question because I don't take it at yeah, face value. Yeah. I'm like, either this guy's really hurt or he's really angry because it it was it's something I don't. And it, from knowing you, from what I do know you, maybe I don't yeah. know you at all. But it it, it it seemed like that really pushed you to the to the to the sort of edge of your control. Control it did because it happened truly at a time in 2019. I was really going through shit. My depression medication was changing every month. Every month I was going through new medication cycle, new doctors, new doctors, new medication cycles, and then and and then I see this fucking guy and I just lose control. And I mm. am telling you that I went to him two three times before I put the camera on just to have a conversation and tell him that listen, you've taken my name, you've taken my name on your TV channel. Now fucking I'm in front of you, make me a nationalist. And I was abusive. Okay, I was borderline abusive. Fuck you, your Modi dog. All of that I said three mm. times without the camera. When I put the camera out, I kept it civil because I just wanted to put the video up and tell people that he's a fucking coward. And then I realized why did I have to do it now in retrospect, man? I mean, who doesn't know he's a coward? Everybody knows he's a coward. Yeah. Like, look at the way he went to jail right now, crying like a fucking softy. Come oh, he did. Me. He went to jail, crying like Shit. a softy. Come save me, please, Supreme Court. And I was like, this guy is fucking. He's just a robo. Why did I? No, that's, what, that's what surprised me because I, I was like, why is this guy stooping to his level? I lost because control. that show And of his is first of all like if people call that a news show, uh, they're lying to themselves. It's a fucking soap opera. Filled with horrible characters, dude. and 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 I was just like, dude, I mean, I, whatever, dude. But my point is, I I I was like, what is going on here? Because it was, yeah. it was, you know, it was just a lot like of, someone. Yeah, it it didn't seem like you were doing this. It was a lot of mental imbalance at my end. I was going through a very rough patch in my life. No, and it also and felt like you were you were really hurt by that person you spoke about, right? I, that boy. Yeah, the uh, Rohit Memula, the Hyderabad University uh, student who was like institutionally murdered. But yeah. more than that, you know, so I'm still proud of myself just for one thing, and just mm. for one thing, I'm proud that I did not cross the line of using my hand or uh, physical violence. So I'm But happy. But are you scared that. that that shit will come back because the same the 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 the, the The person Arun yeah. Goswami has yeah. a bunch of other people who find him amazing as a journalist, or his yeah. balls, or his courage, or whatever you want to call it. it and like this man represents. So aren't you scared? Like I'm not scared, but like this guy coming and whacking you out of like uh, yeah. like oh my god, it's camera. I like the guy hitting you on the head, maybe yeah, yeah. out of joy. Yeah. But aren't you scared of people doing the same thing to you, like and crossing the line there? See, it's not like they haven't done it. Okay, they have mm. done it. I have dealt with it. The thing is that state is protecting this sort of a guy. Like I did, yeah. what I did, four airlines banned me the same day. The rest yeah. of the airlines banned me next day. Okay, right. So the state will do its job, and if you are coming from, I know I don't take any money from any political party. Yeah. I know what I say is not putting a hashtag and serving someone else's interest. I mm. know I have no malice, and I have nothing to lose. So even if they come yeah. back, I don't think like what will they do? Like no, what I don't understand is, and this is something you can explain for people who might not know behind the scenes, right? Because right. it's very easy to be polarized yeah. by what you say or 
Correct. react to what you did on social media going oh fuck kamra he has no right. manners the guy bloody goes who are comedians they fucking cross the line yeah. idiots need to be put in their place blah 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 you heard it all yeah but i mean dude like what like see i i'm, I'm not a social media influencer yeah. i'm not famous on any of these platforms and i try to stay away from it because it's not become social media anymore it's just noise and it's just a bunch of people yelling right yeah. but what uh, i what i don't get is when you're in a situation uh, where you're trying to and you're not even creating conspiracy you're stating the obvious right yeah. where whether it's a lynching or whether it's yeah. some a group being oppressed yeah. um in a country like ours today like there are many regimes like this in, in across the world whether it's turkey whether it's yeah, in yeah. south america whether it's in and we and we point in north korea like it's pretty yeah, bad yeah. in some you know what i mean <laughs> but um what i don't get like see because i i you know now people are also throwing the word privilege because a lot of yeah. indians have taken the western concept, concept of, of political correctness and lgbtq to another level yeah like exactly that. like the white male we don't even have the white male oppressing us which which of course sashita rur keeps going on about <laughs> yeah. but what i'm trying to understand is when you have a group of people who are so unwilling to look at themselves and resort to the fact that oh we are we are look at our cultural pride of course we have a lot to be proud of but we also have a lot to fucking learn from yeah. and number one look within ourselves and say okay guys we uh, this is who i am i have a lot of flaws and a lot of things instead of that just pointing fingers when we are in a time like that um right. do you feel like your comedy is no longer comedy but you're stating the obvious and then you have people who come for your show who agree who clap and hoot and people yeah. who disagree who shit on you and troll you because yeah. can you be funny about these things in a country like ours at a time like this see firstly uh I think as a comedian, like Anubhav Pal taught me this, and I'm sure we all learn from him. Uh, Man, what a guy! Uh, what yeah. a guy! Yeah, great guy. One of the best influences I've had. Uh, he told me this one yeah. thing: uh, never negate the premise. Mm. So if something is happening to you, don't negate it. Don't run away from it. Yeah. As a comedian, accept the premise, and sometime it will be comedy. So that mm. kind of stuck with me. So I was like, yeah. don't negate the premise. What is happening to you is comedy. Like, and that's what I told other guys also. And now I'm not political in my current special. I don't yeah, feel yeah. the need to be because there are others who are doing a uh, good job. They feel the mm. same way I used to, and they are doing their job, and mm. that's great. I'm happy. So do you with feel? Do you feel? Um, did you feel at any point? Did you feel boxed in that shit? People are coming because they want Kamra's point of view on the government, uh, or did you? I mean, did you take pride in that kind of that responsibility, or did you feel? Um, and also now, this the new show Witness. When you mm. were writing it, did you feel like? if i go away from what i've been talking about we are granted that other people are doing it maybe they're doing it with a fresh perspective maybe they have more of a burning itch to talk about it that's when yeah. political humor comes out the strongest right when you're right. really passionate about it yeah. or did you feel like shit if i let go of this avatar or this thing that people recognize me as a comedian for that i lose them yeah if i would have created it it would be difficult to let go yeah i didn't create it it was created for me like things mm, just kept happening And so they didn't. You didn't ask for it. It just. Kept. I didn't ask for it. Uh, I got thrown out by my landlord. I didn't ask for it. I wrote on my personal Facebook account that became news. It was for, not for. Wait, they threw you out. Why though? I don't. Uh, because I don't uh, mainly because Umar Khalid, the JNU student, had come and stayed in my house, and a few people from the building had complained, etc. So they just overnight kind of threw me out. Are you serious? Then, yeah, yeah. So that happened. A few things here and there kept happening. Some death threats kept happening. Ah, uh, you stay here. Uh, this is a photo of your house. That shit kept happening. So things just are these things real, dude? Like in the sense, I know they're real death threats, but mm. are, are these people even real about it, or is it just Maybe hiding, be, hiding See, behind I, the social yeah. media? Uh, sort of veneer or the protect, so-called protection that it gives them, the anonymity gives them. 
I think I think the threats are there mm. but the fact that I'm alive and kicking that means the threats are not real. So now yeah. I mean now I don't give a fuck about what somebody is threatening me about. And un- yeah. unless like it's an- get in about mob mentality because that no. takes away humanity and just makes it into this group that's ready to forgive or yeah. forget all their sort of humanity and just, just go out uh, yeah so this wonderful film which kind of uh, this beautiful idea is explored very well jali kattu uh, mm. where the whole village just becomes a mob uh, yeah what which language is it malayalam uh, uh, no i don't know i i watched it with subtitles but i think it's tamil okay i'll just check actually but uh, it was a very good film i think it was india's entry to the oscars uh, okay. last year a very good film okay okay uh, so a few times i've been threatened by people who hold positions in the bjp now mm. that i will take seriously yeah but as i mean you would flunky, think right yeah for yeah. some random flunky you know just trying to make a name for himself and fuck that do do you think i mean i mean i i i, I told you there's not an interview by any means but i'm just interested to know because you're kind of you've been exposed to all these elements right from the okay. people in the party people who are opposing the party so okay. i'm sure when they hear a voice like you i'm sure there are the opposition like dude dude we found a we found a we found a champion in our cause through camera right mm-hmm. but uh, what is the youth like i'm i'm not of course don't have to you know come across as any sort of thing but just from your experience the young people in their 20s or the teens late teens mm-hmm. who come for your show uh, i find a sense and this is my opinion in my limited experience of mm-hmm. coming across these people is many people being very rigid uh in their views and getting very sort of offended by contrary views and the other extreme being people who are just like you know what i'm a millennial and i i, I you know i i i'm going to be it's, so it's it's what i find um sorry finding it hard to articulate is very extreme viewpoints in this group uh, where it's either very pro or very sort of rigid or very sort of conservative or very liberal very woke do you sense that happening See I'll tell you my audience is actually the guys who are first job goers and above so it's between 24 and 40 uh is okay. what the people who come to the younger guys don't really come for my show which is uh, probably good in some ways uh <laughs> so <laughs> they don't really come to my shows but uh, in the audience that comes also what i get a sense of is that they are finding it hard to challenge something mm but they want to challenge it and they want to see a guy challenge it so Mm. It, it that is, when i start talking to them i understand and you know one guy told me something very beautiful and he says whenever i speak to my dad it seems like i'm jumping on a trampoline enjoying myself but he really wants to see me fall down and that was such an interesting insight he gave me that fuck he wants me to challenge modi because he's unable to challenge the modi in his life that's, that's why he's come that, out uh, i mean that the fact that he has the insight it really hurts then because totally. to to know i mean to say something that your your own dad wishes you to not enjoy life is i mean it's quite a quite a profound thing to realize right because most people will be like you know what man it's my dad anything he says is right and i'm going to do anything to to abide by his rules and to impress him and for this kid to realize that or what not kid but young adult whatever yeah. is clearly i mean so that's really impressive uh that I mean, not impressive in the typical sense, but that people can identify what you're doing. It's more of a metaphor of what they want to actually, so, the the authority in their life, in their life, they want to sort of um, rebel against. You know. So I have 
this thing of engaging with people yeah one person comes and they want to engage with the identity i have they say yeah. something very superficial and 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 they leave yeah the second person who comes is very awkward very troubled unable to articulate that yeah. person doesn't want a selfie doesn't want to talk about the show he wants to talk about something he's going through a yeah. chal and that person i feel that i have over the years of doing these shows and i've been able to un- understand that person who needs a conversation instead of a selfie and that conversation having with them is far more important than you know once a year saying that marks don't matter or uh, you know don't, yeah, don't yeah. worry about no that's no, not so it's that's so amazing that you give the time dude because you know i think uh, identifying that what that's what your comedy is bringing out in people um is is it it takes time and i mean not many people have the time because you're like fuck it man i've done my show fuck off now you want a selfie it makes me look good but it dude, is important time is like, all we have yeah what yeah. do we do no and i really appreciate that you're doing that because a lot of people just think that you have uh used the political scenario as like a divisive way to get famous which <sighs> i think can also you know it, it 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 it's a misconception of course now talking to you and i know you and actually catching up after a long time without a public forum yeah. you know where it's like whether it's on clubhouse where your fans are there or my my fan is there uh, <laughs> it's it's more of a heart to heart which i mean the fact that you genuinely care when someone has a troubled sort of story to share you're able to yeah. sort of guide them which i think is really um the reason why see and all i think you can keep doing it with a clear conscience you know see what happens is uh, like what i have learned through my life is that intentions and actions have to be judged independent of outcome yeah i couldn't have engineered this to my benefit yeah there was intention there was action yeah i'm on new york times outcome yeah, yeah. but i didn't do it for new york times so yeah. i i feel i really respect jeff bezos because he wanted to make the biggest fucking warehouse for every book on the planet yeah. and amazon would be able to freely transport that book everywhere to whoever needs it yeah this is such a beautiful intention it's beautiful man now the outcome who are we to judge look at the yeah. guy look at how he started look at where he, oh, where he's come now he's going in a spaceship just for a dick measuring contest that's his but i would yeah. not i would not judge the outcome he's come to i would still be like this man is fair square his intention his action you know, the same thing i i i was thinking about the other day to be like judged a, yeah without the outcome forget the outcome intention action yeah. was in place no like so you know some that, people uh, talk about bad things about shri shri ravi shankar or yeah. sadguru i'm like wait a second man there are there are people who want to spread their knowledge of a better breathing better way of breathing better way of physically uh, you know living your life uh, spending time what you put into your body mentally physically food now the outcome whether they have acres of land donated to them or what car they drive in fuck that it's not in their thing but there are despotic leaders who are wiping away people <laughs> who are gen- you know committing genocide and that and we're going after these people like i find it really sort of like they they're not doing bad by saying breathe a uh, deeper you know what i mean no but uh, see sandeep i also go after them all the religious gurus whether it's shri shri no i'm not saying religious gurus Sadhu. i'm saying like uh, specifically, specifically like people who are practicing yoga yeah. yeah spiritual yeah yeah see the thing is that he is practicing yoga he is telling you how to do things which can make your life better which are right but yeah. with that he's coming and explaining ca nrc he's calling jnu kids anti national who is this? 
Sadhguru. He's like oh, grabbing, okay, okay, yeah. grabbing land yeah, that, from an elephant corridor. So yeah. I'm saying these things like Mana Rishi, all these people, they are yeah. saying the exact same things with lesser clutter. Yeah. Now there is more clutter, and mm. lesser things that people are saying. No, I totally, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally uh, aware of the fact that it there is even in that just like a. you know a comedian with a tech rider which goes it goes beyond the yes. power gets to many of them yes, yes, <laughs> but yes. i'm saying like uh you know some of them like yeah. um, i don't know nityananda or shri shri ravi shankar um, i mean what you know of course once they go past that realm of spreading spiritual knowledge and then going and interfering in like oh you know this this group is not good for this group whatever that's a little i mean i mean know your place and come on man there's no need to go down that path right like one it, of, like, you know one of my childhood friends 12 mm. years from 2008 to 2019 he was huh. with shri shri yeah. he used to go to uh, even uh, prisons and teach yoga there so mm. that the prisoners could you know understand and introspect and and he is very good yoga teacher yeah 2020 uh, he came out of that fold and i said why are you were fucking fantastic and he said you know i heard some of the yoga teachers saying that yoga can avoid uh, heart problems and while they themselves are going for open heart surgeries and i didn't like that uh-huh. so uh, there is that person who exists in this fold yeah who is getting all the niceness who's passing it on etc there's no denying that this person exists yeah. i know this person yeah. but in the larger scheme of things these people because of the distribution because of you know selling yoga mats and having acres of land and then going getting yeah. bills met to sit with you and all yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just that if s- small details if no i totally totally to- oh, I, i was just trying to make a point like with the yeah. intention right maybe yeah. the intention started off right but now it's gone the outcome is trying to, it's kind of like they become The, the 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 monsters taken over what they didn't want to become or something right no i i think in most of the situation the intention action sometimes is coming to this monstrous idea mm. like even baba ramdev in terms of just taking that whole hype of western products are not and then like importing shit from china and then like making yeah. jeans and all so you can see malice through right. and through right so right, they, right, they, right. they 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 need to be not judged Uh, just on the intent the intention also seems to be a little corrupt yeah yeah okay okay fair enough no but it's yeah i, I think there's just a lot of noise in today's day and age man there's as you said you know every there could there could be a you know a, a communist leader with good intentions and there could be a spiritual leader with um, bad intentions yeah so i think it takes all to make this world yeah. no but I'm so glad that you're doing well, uh, man. I'm very uh, happy that you're doing well. Uh, good news uh, to follow in the few months, I am guessing. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you know I'm doing this podcast because what you're talking about—that feeling of mm-hmm. coming back to the table every day, talking to people—I I, and of course, um, stand-up is always going to be there. But I'm really yeah. enjoying this because it it gives me a chance to sort of talk. To people, and especially people who are already friends, not just yeah, someone yeah. I meet over the podcast, and to drop all pretext, right? There's nothing. Yeah. There's no agenda. There's no game here. There's yeah, no yeah. like I'm getting you. You get me on your podcast. No, it's just like I want to understand what <laughs> things. And I, I really yeah. appreciate that you can talk about it frankly because it it, it takes a little bit of uh, you know the fact that hey you know it it's not the most comfortable question and. Thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I no, appreciate I mean, that. No, I mean, as a, if you can't talk honestly to a friend, then what chance do you have in life? <laughs> no, how are things? You're all good uh, now. All I good, think. All good. No cancel culture, none of that bullshit. Nah, 
nothing. No. Good man. So when's the special coming out? I'm, I'm excited I, that you recorded. I'm actually this. going to send you an offline soon. Uh, we're still oh. in the midst of uh, finishing it. I think in the next ten fifteen days it should be out. And it's in both, like it's it's like an English Hindi mix. Uh, yeah, it's mostly in English. But okay. there will be yeah. There's of course, yeah, yeah, Hindi. yeah. There's, that I get. Yeah, as but I think it's, it's a seven, uh, seventy thirty. This and it's like a one hour show you put together? Uh, currently, the edit is at like uh, one hour, 35 minutes. But I'm going to okay. shave at least 20 minutes off and make it like a good 80 minute video. Awesome, man. And it's going to be, you don't know where you're going to put it out. Yet. No, no, I'm going to put it out on YouTube for you, of course. Oh, okay. That's yeah. another interesting move. And I think I want to talk to you about uh, something I have after this uh, recording. But I'll we'll, sure, we'll sure. this thing. But so it's going to come. Do you have any tentative release date? Uh, I think in the next 10, 15 days. And uh, well, this should... podcast comes out, I think, on the 5th of Feb. That's oh, the following super. Friday. So maybe a week from then. Yeah. I'm sure. Awesome, guys. So if you're listening right now, on the 12th, tentatively mid-February during Valentine's Day, maybe. <laughs> Just as a... <laughs> for the love, for the love of, for, for the love of comedy. <laughs> for the love of comedy. <laughs> Man, congratulations. I'm sure there are lots of people who are excited to uh, catch your first recorded special. Yeah. Of course, a lot of other videos which have gone super viral and... Uh, I think keep up the good work, man, and yeah. keep happy, keep staying happy. I think, and keep uh, keep in touch, and appreciate you doing this. Thank you for having me, buddy. Thank you. Cheers, so my much. brother. Anytime. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.